Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast, episode 162. I'm Mel from Metal Hammer. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing all right out there. And this week, we are doing a review roundup where we go through some of the albums in the world of metal that we have missed or not gone into on much depth in recent weeks here on the podcast. And joining me today for our reviews roundup is the one and only Eleanor Goodman, deputy editor of Metal Hammer. How are you doing, El? I'm all right, thanks. How are you guys doing? I am doing all right. And that, uh, if you've heard that spoiler, it's because I'm also joined by the one and only Mr. Jonathan Seltzer, reviews editor of Metal Hammer. How are you doing, Seltzer? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Yeah, all right is somewhere between all right and pretty good. Yeah. Good. That, that'll do. Pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah. Image like Sex Pistols B-side. Um, we are doing a ton of albums that uh, we haven't gone into on uh, on the recent episodes of the podcast. We've got loads of good stuff. Everything from modern thrash to death metal legends to new metal comeback bands, um, which I'm very excited about indeed. Uh, but before all that, I should probably remind you that as well as this podcast and the website and everything else, we do have an excellent monthly magazine for Metal Hammer. And the latest issue is out right now, starring the one and only Gajira, the most important metal band of the decade, no doubt about it. Uh, the uh, the person I'm joined with right here, Eleanor Goodman, did a brilliant interview with the brothers Duplantier, Joe and Mario, about their fascinating new album, Fortitude, and how they somehow managed to become the most vital, the most vital excuse me, metal metal band of their generation uh, it's a really great read and there's a ton of other great stuff in there now it's out in shops across the uk where at the moment you can go and pick it up which is great or if you still want to uh, play it a bit safer and get it delivered directly to your door you can do that via tinyurl.com slash get hammer it is really good you will enjoy it we promise uh so we've got a ton of big albums to get through this week uh, and I feel like we should probably start with maybe the biggest metal release that's come out in the last few weeks that we didn't get into because on the same day, uh, the new While She Sleeps album came out and we decided to go a bit more in depth on that. Cannibal Corpse, of course, have a new album out. Violence Unimagined out now on Metal Blade Records. The Kings of Death Metal. Um, I kind of feel like with Cannibal Corpse, they're one of those bands that you obviously know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get these chainsaw riffs uh guttural vocals from the one and only corpse grinder um hooks galore horrendously gory imagery and lyrical subject matter um i've i sometimes go to share uh, some of the songs from this album on spot on um, instagram and i have to stop because the kind of accompanying images and animations they've made are literally too violent for me to put on instagram and i feel self-conscious about doing it so it's all the good shit you want from a cannibal corpse album um that said it seems to me like the general consensus is that this is the best thing they've done, uh, possibly this side of the millennium. Why do you think that is, Sals? Why do you think people are so hyped on this album? Um, I just in particular, think that... I mean, no one, no one ever's down on Cannibal Cause, but you know what I'm saying. I actually think Kill is the best album they've done this side of the millennium. Um, but... I, think, I think Dom actually said it was the best album they've done since Kill. So yeah, I think it is. Um, and it, for some reason, I can't. It's, it's, I don't know why, but I can't really put my finger on it. But it, I get the same thing with Converge. It's like you kind of know what you're going to get, and you and why some albums are, you prefer some albums better to other others isn't something you can really put your finger on. But this one, they just seem in complete control of what they're doing, and um, so it just you just you just never get tired of it. It just you get a thrill every time you get a Cannibal Corpse album, and it does a few different things. Like the, the first song was almost like grindcore. You could almost imagine like um, Napalm Death. You know, it's got, it's, got, it's got that kind of shunting groove that Napalm Death use, although obviously to very different lyrical effect. 
Um, and it's coming to you from all angles. It's it's as tight as it it's tight as fuck, and it, it's just it's so much fun, and you feel really accommodated by it because they're so in control of what they're doing, and you can you can tell they're having a blast, and it's really contagious. Do you, um, do you think that um, Eric Rutan being involved uh, more directly on guitar, obviously he produces Cannibal Corpse a lot, and now he's actually he's he's playing more on the album. Do you think that's that's had any kind of noticeable effect? Um, I think I mean this album sounds really crisp. And, um, you know, that's, um, that's kind of an element of, like, Hate Eternal as well, too. And, um, I, yeah, it, it, it seems a little bit it, kind of down to essentials a lot more. But that way you can kind of really hear the groove and um, hear all the different things they're doing. And because um, they're actually a lot more technical than people tend to give them credit for. And and, and this one is just... Um, there's there's just nothing wasted on it and you know obviously when he's a producer that um really comes you know it's it's different from actually being in the band you can kind of bring those things in yourself he's obviously such a great guitarist so it just it just seems to have given them a new spring of life i think yeah i mean i, th I think this record's fucking great and, and speaking Quartz... for a band all about death but you know <laughs> yeah of course but um i mean yeah i think the album's fucking great and and it is a weird one because for me this is something that we're going to kind of get into with a few of these albums we're reviewing this week because for me cannibal courts are one of those album, um, bands where you know they do have such a tight formula and they've just got such a way of doing things which they do so much better than anyone else and um i don't really i'm, I'm not very likely to kind of go on a, like i'll listen to one cannibal corpse album and be like that was fucking awesome and then i'll probably move on to something else they're not the kind of band i can binge for for hours and hours so i don't know i feel i'm probably not as uh educated in their world as someone like jonathan here is but when i put this album on i think maybe as well because it did come out around the same time as the while she sleeps album and i was listening to that a lot as well and i love the sleeps album but for just pure uh no nonsense face ripping extreme metal i mean it doesn't really get better than this and and it yeah. does sound it sounds fucking colossal in some parts as well i mean some of yeah, the yeah. riffs that this band put together are just ridiculous yeah, it just it, it sounds like they're doing something to you from all different angles, like they're coming in at you from all different angles in some of the songs. And it is just like really fun all the way through. And you don't feel when you listen to it like uh, it's another Cannibal Corpse album. You go, yes, it's another fucking Cannibal Corpse album all the way through. And yeah, um, it's just the quality just shines through. And, you know, but they still have very much their own personality. You can always tell it's a Cannibal Corpse record rather than any you know rather than any other band i think that's really important as well i don't know if it helps that um i mean more now so than ever that quartz brinder seems to have just become like the most beloved metal personality on the internet in the last few weeks like our online editor dave everly did this awesome interview with him where he talked about his like stuffed toy uh, well, it's not even really a collection he like goes around grabbing machines winning stuffed toys and then donates them to like children's charities and things like that um he had that famous uh um uh, meeting with Cher at his house that's come into the spotlight recently because of um, Cher's son being a deadsy and all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I guess it just feels like everyone's like, yeah, kind of like you said, like, fuck, yeah, Cannibal Corpse. Everyone's just really high on Cannibal Corpse at the moment. And this album's just coming along at such a great time. And it's just, I don't know, you just can't fuck with the yeah, masters, I, I guess. I mean, I think it's always been the way. And I remember when they played at um, Bloodstock and they did the, the early on Sunday on the Sunday at Bloodstock and it was like the sun, we all called it like the Sunday service and we all got up early and got to site and it was just this complete sense of celebration um, watching Cannibal Corpse and you just 
you just know that um, you're in the hands of masters. You're not, they're not chances. They're not um, trying to do something that and quite failing at it. You know, they're just, they're just something really cool to experience as a metal fan. It's really weird that uh, yeah, like like a band that has song titles like "I Come Bloods" have become like one of the wholesome sides of the heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's well certain, weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they're kind of at a certain level of absurdity where the normal laws of physics don't really uh, exist. I think so, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a fucking killer album. I mean, the thing is, anyone that's probably already listened to Cannibal Corpse and, it, and is a Cannibal Corpse fan has probably been spinning the absolute shit out of this record already for the last few weeks. But for the record, yes, we are we are with you, everybody else. It rules. Um, and uh, if you haven't read... Um, uh, oh, who wrote it? Was it... Yeah, it was Alex Chillingworth. If you haven't read Alex Chillingworth's uh, excellent in-depth review on the Metal Hammer website, um, you can go and check that out as well if you want some other... Uh, some other perspectives on it but yeah fuck yeah cannibal corpse is very much the the position of everyone at metal hammer for this new album um it's weird because we're kind of talking about a band just doing you know having a formula sticking to the formula and sometimes you go all the way with it and sometimes it kind of just is what it is and i feel like the next album we're going to review is kind of more of that i guess the difference is that cannibal corpse have helped to kind of define death metal um, whereas the next band we're going to talk about are a band that helped to kind of, I guess, revive a lot of interest in, in their genre, in this case, Thrash. Um, we're talking about Evil, who, uh, who uh, just on Friday, I think, um, put out the album Hell Unleashed uh, out on Napalm Records right now as well. Um, there's obviously quite a lot of story around this Evil album. And, and to be honest, for a band that, that you know, play Thrash Metal and, and maybe haven't done as much to you know change the boundaries of heavy metal as others that they've still had a very storied career um and this is the first evil album in eight years which just seems insane to me because i swear the last one was yesterday but obviously not uh but also this is the first um album with old drake on vocals i was often been the kind of driving force behind evil he was in many ways one of the big personalities in the band um traditionally the, the you know the the lead guitarist of course um and uh, up to this album, they'd had Matt Drake on vocals and he's now departed. And now you've got Ull on vocals. Um, and aside from that, which I guess we'll get to his vocals in a second. Uh, first Evil album in eight years, kind of what you'd expect from an Evil album, whether it was now or eight years ago. Is that fair to say? Yeah, we actually did a feature talking to Ull in the new issue of Metal Hammer. And he was saying that that was by design because he was talking about how metal fans don't really trust bands when they change their singer. They don't like change very much. So having someone from inside the band taking on that role made a lot of sense to them and of something that he enjoyed doing as well. And that they have kind of almost written to a formula because people want another Evil album. It's the first one in eight years and they want to hear Evil. They don't want to hear some kind of... I mean, I'm extrapolating from what he said here, but if you put on an Evil record, you want to hear an Evil record. You want to hear Thrash. You want to hear Thrash for the new century, which is what they were. And like you said, then we've got this addition of all being somebody who's inside the band, but he's also bringing something a bit new to it with his vocals as well. He's got a harder edge than his brother Matt had. And so it does actually bring a different sort of vibe to it. But in terms of the instrumentation and the lyrics, it's, you know, they're sort of covering the zombie apocalypse, the thing. It's all very, very thrash. It's what you'd expect from Evil and from a thrash metal album. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because they kind of... Um it's weird because since evil first came along they first came along in what like 2005 or something 
Um, and then maybe it's a bit later than that, actually. I'm probably thinking of Municipal Waste and all those guys. But when the kind of thrash revival first came along, it was in the kind of like mid to late uh, 2000s. And, you know, at that point, you know, Megadeth um, had been in a bit of a funny place for a while. They were kind of getting back on form. Obviously, Testament had had a bit of a weird situation with Chuck. Um, Metallica had been, you know, all over the place in some ways. Um and so like when those kind of younger thrash bands all burst onto the scene they felt like a really exciting vibrant fun kind of recapturing of what thrash metal was all about and i'm not doing it do a disservice to the many other great thrash bands who have been you know putting out great material in the meantime but it definitely felt like the genre as a whole had kind of been injected with a sense of youth and vibrancy that it hadn't in some time um, and then eval kind of emerged from all that as you know the great hopes for for certainly for british thrash in in that whole scene and you know it never quite worked out for them and they never really capitalized through no fault of their own necessarily they were never really capitalized on that momentum that they had kind of around i guess 2010 onwards um but that all said if you want just fucking great modern thrash metal written really really well i mean old's riffs are just face tearingly good um there's hooks all over the place these songs are catchy they're fast they're heavy uh yeah like you said our lyrically they're just right on the money for what thrash metal's all about you know this is this is great shit this is really really good shit and i and i find old's vocals really interesting because matt always had a kind of like tom Araya meets chuck billy vibe going on um so it was very like it was brilliantly executed but it was very much like oh yeah this is like thrash 101 vocals we've heard this kind of thing before Whereas, like you said, Owl's got more of this kind of gruffer, growlier thing going on. And it does give the songs a slightly different edge, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, sorry, I, was, go on. I was trying to think of, like, what you call that vocal style that you just described. I was like, is it a shouty sing? Like, what's it called? You know you, you know it when you hear it and you know it's associated with thrash, but it doesn't yeah. have a name. Does it? Does it have a name? <laughs> It probably does. I'm sure someone like Dom Lawson will just be like, yes, it's blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's that kind of like the shouty, screamy, growly thing. The Tom Araya, um school of vocals. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think Hell Unleashed is a fucking good album. I really, really do. I think for me personally, and I know there's probably some old school thrashers that would disagree with me. I think the biggest problem facing these kind of bands is that A, they're not the Metallicas and Megadeths and testaments of the world where their kind of status in the metal scene carries their music uh, forward and just generates that extra level of interest and excitement in them and also when it comes to kind of younger slash modern thrash bands we do live in a post nightmare logic world now and i think power trip raised the bar so high for what you can do with thrash and crossover metal in terms of sticking true to its roots but making it sound urgent and modern and cutting edge and exciting as fuck I think everything else around that just pales in comparison. I really, really do. Um, and which probably isn't totally fair on Eval because they're not quite from the same place as bands like Patrick. Patrick come from a slightly more hardcore bent and, you know, Eval are much more just straight up thrash speed metal. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like the game has changed in that regard. And that probably isn't helpful for bands like Eval that you know, very loudly and proudly stick to a more old school template. Um, but that's not a knock on the album itself. I think Hell Unleashed is really, really good. And if for some reason you're a big thrash metal fan and you've overlooked this album, this will absolutely scratch that itch if, you're, uh, if, you, if you haven't heard enough great thrash metal this year. 
Yeah, I always thought the better bands, the current modern bands, were the were the thrash ever ones like like Power Trip, and um, and Municipal Waste, because it because the punk element gives you that urgency, and you know thrash was so much of its time, like it's was, it was talking about things like nuclear war and everything that was so much of the eighties, and if you're just going to stick to doing um, zombies and everything else, like not that um, Municipal Waste don't do that, but they you know they try to go political as well too, but they also you know, the American bands have an advantage in that they could be much less self-conscious because thrash is basically saying dude. It's, it's, a music, it's a musical genre of saying dude and British people can't and British people can't say dude and get away so with it. Good. So good. I was thinking the same, like, there's an American confidence with, which comes with those American bands. It isn't just... It's an American lack of self, self-consciousness and, and a kind of a craziness that, that other bands, you know, like... You know, like the, the, the you know the German, the original German bands, they had that kind of really dirty, crazy sound. Bands like Necromantian, who are my favourite thrash band around at the moment, um, of the last few years, have got slightly blackened old school creator sound, and there's a general sort of glint in the eye craziness that they've got um, that I don't really feel an evil, and it's hard for British bands to get unless you're really incensed about what's going on around you, and you know, it's been hard for British. British thrash bands to kind of get that edge to them. I mean, I still love Onslaught, and they were like a very, you know, they had a very British sound. Obviously, it's about, uh, you know, it came from very British, um, and they were talking about their about their experiences in a slightly more sort of mystical way. And I think um, bands like Evil are at a bit of a disadvantage because they just they just don't have that complete lack of self consciousness, especially when you, when you're so obviously doing slay slayery riffs, and it's not something from your own kind of, um, you know. From the thing that you've grown up with in your own country a little bit, you know. Whereas in in America, you know, the the bands would um bounce off each other. They they'd go off and do their own things, and there'd be that level of competition. And they talk about their immediate environment. And I think Evil are lacking that aspect to them that that will put them like onto the next level. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I never thought of that. I mean, that's one of the things that I've always liked about Gamma Bomb, who are obviously um, Northern Irish rather than kind of you know English or mainland British, but um they've always had this that kind of fun slightly berserk kind of uh like underlying point to them and um and philly is such a kind of erudite and interesting uh and you know pr- provocative guy um provocative is probably not the right word thought-provoking guy that um it kind of adds that extra layer to their to their sound yeah their it, whole it's, being yeah it's really hard to play as if you as if you sound like you're just about to go off the rails but you're not but that's what you need to play really good thrash I feel like British thrash is more matey. It just comes from that more British place, whereas American thrash is more performing. Is that the right word? Performative? Not performative, because they are doing something they believe in, but it comes from a place that's just a bit more um, showy, a bit more kind of mm. making a performance into a performance. It just does feel mm. different. Yeah, I mean, like, Municipal Waste gigs feel like like real parties when they play Download. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, even now, like, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't even know when the last time Municipal Waste released an album where or what that band's status is right now. But if I see that band playing a tent at a festival, I will always think about going to see it because you just know it's going to be absolutely bananas. Um, but, you know, I do think this Eve album's really, really strong for what it is. And I think, um, you know, they're, because they are a British band and they were that kind of like great British thrash hope at one point, I still think there's a lot of love for this band and I'm looking forward to seeing where this album could take them. And I think with everything they've kind of suffered through with the loss of Mike and there's kind of lineup changes and the 
kind of you know the just it's not quite coming together for them like everyone thought they would um you know i'm glad that Oles come back to the fold and he's kind of taking control of the whole thing again and they've managed to put out a really decent album at the end of it so it's it's a thumbs up from me but um you know the world with bands like power trip in it i do think bands of this particular generation of thrash do uh do find themselves in the shade a little bit um maybe um let's go on to something different how about we do the grave me asthma album that's a jonathan special he picked this yeah straight great, out. we said we we're going to review some stuff uh so this album is called abyss of wrathful deities um it's not out quite yet it's out imminently it's out on uh, oh, okay cool it's out on a uh, sepulchral voice records um and i didn't realize that this band were from london I've heard, yeah. I've heard their name around the scene for years yeah. and years. And I didn't yeah, actually realise that they were Londoners. I, so it's, it's two brothers and another guy. It's Denny, so Danny and Yoni Ben Hayim. And I often see them around at the Black Heart. Um, and I see them at gigs and I see them at non-metal gigs as well too. Like I saw them at Loop gig. Um, and yeah, I mean, been, the band have been going for 19 years and you wouldn't think of it to look at them because they don't look, they look really, still look really young. And you can tell that these two brothers have got a bond. Um, they were kind of like the, the, the sort of the occult death metal wave that didn't start um, a few years back when um, Fenris was going on about Titan Blood, uh, the Madrid band. But, you know, this death metal complete sort of kind of chaotic with lots of reverb on the vocals. And that got everyone really back interested in this kind of really archaic old school death metal sound. And and they are one of the best. And they are one of the, I mean, I love all of it, to be honest, but they are one of the best of the bunch. Whenever I see them live, there's always a moment. Uh, it's why I always look for in a gig. Well, I, I don't know why I am anymore. And, um, and the records never let, and, and the never, the records never let you down. And this one's slightly different. And you can tell like they're trying to move away from the whole occult death metal sound, if not theme, because there's a bit less reverb. It's a bit more into classic old school death metal. And I think, as much as I love reverb, reverb on vocals and thrash and death metal, um, I think this really works for because It shows you what an amazing death metal band they are. And on top of which, it's just like, and you can really sense in the, in the vocals and the way they play, like the level of commitment in it, how they're always just pushing, you know, almost like the membrane of reality to get to the next place. And, um, and so it just, so it just proves once more that it's not just about atmosphere, although that's really important because you can't fake that. But there are amazing death metal riffs. And um, and I think if you find this whole thing a little bit too daunting, which I don't think it should be, because to me it's just it's just metal. It's just really great metal. But if you found that stuff a bit daunting, this is kind of a slightly easier way to get into it. And just, just you know, the riffs are really catchy. Um, it's just it's just absolutely driven with pure conviction and it does have an atmosphere that um like i said you, you can't just put an echo on something and, and create an atmosphere you, it's got to come from within you can really sense it comes from within on this record awesome. so would you say this is uh uh the album so kind of because this is only they've been around 19 years like you said but this is only, only their second, second full-length album yeah 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 they take their time stewing this from the um stewing this from the ether and um you know stirring it till it's like you know the right amount of thickness and viscosity and potency <laughs> i don't know what i'm on today sorry that's starting to sound like a death metal lyric <laughs> yeah. yeah i love it when you start describing things in such a jonathan way and you just go off into your own mind for a bit it's great 
Yeah, Andy's back. <laughs> so are we recording? I don't know where I am. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the, the, they are they are worth the wait. And um, and uh, yeah, I wasn't quite as into this initially because I missed I missed the um, you know the extra level of reverb and the extra kind of level of chaos and miasma that that Grave Miasma records have. Um, so they were they well named, but. Um, but then I listened to it again. It's just like, oh my god, this is like such a great death metal record. Yeah, no, it's great. I've been listening to it a bit um, since you recommended it, and there's some really, really cool shit on here. It's, it's, uh, and I agree. It, it feels like an album that is someone is a bit, um, you know, unsure about how to kind of broach into uh, extreme metal. Like, I think this is the kind of record that can just draw you in because, like, like you said, like a lot of this stuff on a completely different bent. But you know same stuff with like cannibal corpse same when we were talking about the crown a few weeks ago like it's just great heavy metal just done in a very you know specific and uh and different uh yeah line through. But, but you have to understand that all the bands are you know at the far end of this like you know your negative planes or your titan bloods i mean they're all completely schooled on old school death metal you know this stuff is just it's you know the idea of death metal is kind of written into their dna and um, so it's all in there. It just might, you know, for some people it might be, it might feel like it's a bit more obscured. Um, and if you listen to like the first Titan Blood record, you're just like, what the hell? But it's such an ecstatic experience of just like, just being in a century, it's like being put into a centrifuge. And, you know, that's also what um, Grave Marasma kind of feel like as well too, this kind of unholy centrifuge where all these like evil spirits like swirling around and, yeah, I'm going off on one again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> please, please do. Look, if, 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 if people aren't sold on this, then there's no help. Um, but yeah, it's a fucking cool album. It's called Abyss of Wrathful Deities. Uh, and it's out, uh, I think it's out next Friday, isn't it? The 14th, the 14th of May. The 14th of May, yeah. Um, by, uh, by Me Asthma. Really cool band. Um, uh, and go and see them live if you get the chance. They, they played on um, Desert Fest, the last physical Desert Fest we had. I think it was the last one. Awesome. Well, hopefully this will, uh, as it's, you know, a rare album for them, hopefully it will give them some, um, you know, a bit of a uh, push to go and tour some more and play some shows. I would like to see them too. Yeah, um, experience. yeah I bet. I bet. Uh, I mean, uh, this, this, the, the next album we're going to review, this is where I probably will end up being a bit of a hypocrite because, like, we've kind of talked about how, like, you know, Cannibal Corpse do death metal and they do it well. And if you like it, that's fine. And then we kind of talked about Evil and they just do thrash. And maybe we sounded a little disparaging about that in some ways because it's just like, well, you know, it's thrash metal. There's not a lot you can do with it now. The next album we're going to do is the Tetrarch album. <laughs> and this album is about as derivative as you get as you can get in 2021, really. But fuck me, I absolutely love it. The album is called Unstable. Um, it's out uh, now via Napalm. Uh, this is a four-piece from Atlanta. It's their second album. Their debut album, Freak, was out in 2017. And basically, we've heard a lot about the kind of, um, you know, the return of new metal, new metal's back. We're seeing bands like Tala and uh, other ones who I've forgotten. Um, and we're seeing kind of like new metal fashion um kind of getting into high street stores and there's kind of reappraisals of bands like Limp Bizkit and everything else across, you know, TikTok where Papa Roach are going viral again and all this stuff. Like there aren't that many new bands really that have come out 
that are kind of shamelessly plundering new metal to the extent where you can say they're a new metal band there's no other way to describe it and tetrarch are absolutely that band um and i was listening back to the first album uh, earlier today and there's still a lot of that new metal stuff on there but i think a lot of it is more funneled into a bit of a modern metal kind of slant i think they've just embraced the, the new metal nostalgia on this band and what i find so interesting about them is you know these are these are this is a young band they're young kids and a lot of the ba- the bands that kind of i reference when i listen to this i don't know even if those would have been the bands that they were necessarily kind of breaking um when these guys were kind of getting into music in the first time so what drew them to make this kind of music fascinates me but anyway they're a fucking new metal band and if you basically imagine every great one hit wonder of the uh of the new metal generation your edemas and your tap roots and your union undergrounds and all that lot imagine one of them actually managed to make and go a fucking brilliant um go and make a fucking brilliant album that's basically what this sounds like i think it's absolutely great and um yeah i think l agrees with me i'm obsessed with this record you just have to get past the fact that it rips off new metal bands like you literally just have to the first time i heard them um their pr sent them over and i was like this is just new metal and then we ended up doing a feature online which was about the resurgence of new metal bringing some of those bands that mill just mentioned and putting tetrarch in there as well and we just thought oh we'll just kind of see where this goes it's kind of interesting um and then i heard this record and i was like yeah it's just ripping off new metal still but this record is so catchy it literally just connects with all those bits in your brain i've gone a bit jonathan all those bits in your brain that just love a hook and every bit of your brain if you're a new metal fan it will just reconnect all those little new metal bits and there's almost like a song for every new metal band on this record as well yeah the opener just I'm not, off. yeah the opener i'm not right is pure corn it's just a corn song negative noise is massively slipknot, slipknot. so slipknot you never listen yeah. it's pretty edema yeah the, yeah the drums in the second track is just like 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 slip, slipknot should sue because it's just <laughs> but it's so shameless diamond their guitarist is obviously really into slipknot and she had a little exchange with jim root on instagram and he said that he thought her playing was really cool and they had a little back and forth so that was really nice because bands like slipknot are then giving a nod to the next generation and in the grand scheme of things and in art everyone takes from everyone and yes this is massively shameless but they have taken all these elements and made an album that is so catchy and so fun that you just can't be angry about it. You can't be bothered. I think about that's it. what it I, is. I isn't didn't. It? I didn't. I didn't feel it was fun. I mean, I I actually couldn't get through to the end of it. List end of the album. It's not really. Right, well, it's, it's hold on, hold on, Jonathan, for a second because we're just getting started. <laughs> you can come in and piss on our complex. I'll come pissing. I'll come and pissing your chips in a bit. So yeah, <laughs> sick of you is quite disturbed there's even there is some kind of contemporary influence as well like it's very well produced and it's very slick and it does kind of have that modern production and there's songs like take a look inside that have the opening is quite like gajira-esque so there is some modernity on here as well um and then they've got this song trust me which does that really vulnerable kind of thing that jonathan davis pioneered um so yeah diamond the guitarist who i mentioned her and josh met in middle school and became friends and actually mel you're talking about their influences and they were into more like classic thrash and then somehow they got into new metal and decided to be a new metal band. And they talked a little bit about how people said they wouldn't go anywhere and there was no point in doing this kind of music. And they were kind of like, well, this is what we love. So fuck it, we'll do it. 
and they've got presence as well. It's not just that I've got these big polished songs. I've got real kind of presence about them too. I think when you see the way they present themselves, um, even in things like their band photographs, you know, we get a lot of pictures of bands looking sort of fairly apathetic and they've got these like death stares in the pictures. And I mean that in a complimentary way, they're sort of really staring down the lens and um, sort of challenging you to listen to the music almost. And they've got a lot more life than a lot of bands I've seen who are trying to do this kind of thing. And the drive is really, really impressive. So I think just as a whole package, they're a really impressive band. You just have to get over the fact that they have done a shameless thing. I just go, this is fun. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. There are there are kind of elements of modern stuff creeping in there. I mean, you know, Diamond Row um, does get to kind of peel off a couple of solos here and there and things like that, which obviously isn't a big new metal thing, really. Yeah. But um, it's funny because you said I'm not right is caught sounds like corn and unstable sounds like uh, edema. And I wrote that I'm not right sounds like edema and unstable sounds like corn. So it's <laughs> like it's it's such kind of glaringly obvious influences in here. Um, not just musically, but Edema was Jonathan Davis's brother, so there was a lot of yeah. cross pollination there. Edema were the sort of more melodic. They were like corn light at the time. They were, yeah. But the way you like it, what a banger! Um, Love that song. And uh, and and uh, yeah, Josh's vocals are kind of perfect. There's kind of music, kind of this snarling, sneering delivery. Um, he does a couple of totally Jonathan Davis. Uh, kind of vocal lines like the bit on you never listen when he goes I won't listen to you anymore like it's just love it's so bit. cool love that and it's, bit. So it's all the stuff it's all the stuff that I know uh, people like Jonathan particularly hate it's all kind of like you know self-hating like even the song titles like I'm not right unstable you never listen it's all kind of like uh, you know in that vibe although there is kind of a big um uh, there's a lot of kind of horror-y storylines that run through a lot of what they do as well, of course, which is quite cool. But I'm not you know, anti-negativity per se. <laughs> no, I know, but you, you can't stand that kind of... It's that self-pitying uh, yes, thing yeah. that you can't stand, which I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, listen, I'll say that I think it's really professionally done, but that but that just... But that all it does is that that's a clear window through which you can see all its faults more clearly. So, <laughs> so like... <laughs> I just I, I couldn't listen to it all the way through because I couldn't I couldn't experience the album as a thing in itself because all I could think of oh my god this sounds like this this sounds like this this sounds like this that's all that was going on in my head. Yeah, but you have to and, get um, over that. you have to get over that. That's yeah, yeah, what but, I had at the beginning. You, yeah, yeah, but, but, like yeah, yeah but I don't care. It was, you go. It's yeah, really good actually. Yeah, it wasn't even, but it doesn't really feel like it's even been done knowingly with a little bit of a wink in the eye because because it's because because like you said. You know, I know what you mean by so that. It's so whiny, like you know, talent borrows genius. Still, they've just kind of nicked stuff, and so for me, it feels like a really good algorithm. Like it's just basically, it's just, it's just, you know, someone's actually written a really good algorithm that they just fed new metal through, and because it's because the you know, because there's that because it's so well, it's it is like really professionally and really well done. I just feel like that. I wonder about the you know the internal personality of the record because it's just it feels like these are the emotions that go with this with this kind of music and i didn't really feel like in any really internal life on its own with the record and i found the whininess just got a bit much out. that's another reason i couldn't really get through it the one really heavy song they've got but it's not heavy all the way through is take a look inside and yeah i you know and that actually feels like oh my god they actually listen to death metal um and you can hear the hints of Gajira in that bit, but then it goes really weak, not, you know, then it goes like really clean again. 
and it just like it loses that it loses that kind of edge that it's got um but yeah it just for me it just it's not it's not really about whether i like or don't like new new metal because some of it i really liked and i always thought you know the really amazing thing about new metal especially corn and slipknot to an extent was that they're really revolutionary in the rhythm sections and and then when you had all these bands coming out at the time they were all doing like like, like when every great scene starts when every band is kind of doing their own thing and bouncing off each other but every band's got their own thing and this is just a conglomeration of every band's own thing without it being its own thing and i don't really i just don't see the point of it it just feels like something warmed up and cooked together and and i don't know just just i don't i don't i don't see the point of it and i didn't find it fun as a as a listening experience i feel like something you said was really interesting you said something like um it doesn't have a like a knowing wink or it's not knowing something like that and without shameless you have to be a little bit knowing about it and just it, it lets you off the hook a lot more and it and it also makes the things a lot more fun but i don't always think it works because by being knowing it can sometimes be mocking and there's been a lot of stuff in recent years that has borrowed the sounds of new metal and has been knowing but then if it tips over into the realm of mocking i don't know as somebody who just really loves new metal and i've not made any secret about that when people kind of make fun of it i'm like yeah i get it like there were some stupid lyrics and some self-pity and some misogyny and everyone wore stupid trousers but there's something at the core of it that was people expressing themselves and like you said about corn being revolutionary in their rhythms like jonathan davis was pretty revolutionary in the way he was presenting himself and the fact that he was talking about a lot of vulnerable things as a grown man in a world where people didn't really do that and I kind of like the fact that they just unashamedly like it and they play it rather than having to make it a knowing thing or rather than having to do anything like what you're suggesting. But I think there, yeah, is I mean, what... there is what I'm saying. I think they do like these bands and it's a homage. And maybe I'm interested to see what they'll do for their next record, like if they'll kind of carry on with this or whether there'll be something that you hear and you go, that is more tetrarch than something else or this is very tetrarch because at the moment because they're such a new band it's just kind of this style they've done where you're like oh i, I enjoy it because it reminds me of stuff i like but yeah i think they'll yeah. grow into having more of their own thing in time probably yeah well, what i mean is knowing is like you know like say ghosts are kind of quite knowing but you can tell they love um you know uh king diamond and you know they love um uh blue oyster cult and you know they they and and that gives you and and that that sort of awareness of the whole process of 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 influence gives you a lot more way to kind of um bring something out out of it like for, like I'll give you like a slightly completely left field example of of the complete wrong way of knowing like the one one the film I hate more than any other film in the world is actually um Dancer in the Dark by Lars von Trier you know the one with Björk like I hate it with an absolute raging passion. But one of the reasons why I hate it is it's a musical and he absolutely hates musicals. You can tell that Lars von Trier hates musicals. And I think that's done in really, I just think a lot of Lars von Trier's films are done in really, really bad faith. And so if, you, if you're gonna do, if you, when I say knowing and you don't actually like and you're mocking the thing you like, that's bad faith. And that's not something that um, I'm very pro. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't, it's not, they do, they are obviously aware of new metal and they talk about new metal all the time. I don't think they're hiding the fact they're influenced by new metal, but I like the fact that it's not making fun of it. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, sometimes like like a caricature is not, isn't mocking, it's just like it's bringing out the wonder of something and and just making something, highlighting it and making it more neon glow. And I just, I just don't, I just don't, I don't get an extra level of love of corn or Slipknot. Uh, through listening to this record. I do know what you mean um, with a lot of that, Jonathan. I mean, the Slipknot song is the one that always sticks out for me because everything else, I mean, you know, there's a track on there where um, Josh starts singing a bit like David Draven from Disturbed and that feels a bit shameless in its own right. But but most of their general sound still is kind of within you know if you're going to pick bands that they sound like you'd probably pick like corn a little bit of lincoln park a little bit of edema like but that slipknot track as good as it is the uh, negative negative noise it's called um it does stick out because it's not it doesn't really sound like most of the other songs on there and it sounds so much like slipknot that you can almost hear someone in the band going or someone around them or something like that going we should do a slipknot song rather than just writing songs and going, oh, this one sounds a bit like Slipknot. Like, it's it's so kind of obvious that it, I do wonder if someone in the band or someone around them or some, some things happen where someone's gone, oh, we should do a Slipknot song. Oh, and we should do a song where you sing like David Jones from the Bird to start because it's so kind of, it is so shameless that you just think, well, they can't, he kind of just kind of happened to have done his voice in a so it's like when um you know trivium got produced by david Draymond and then suddenly mahavi was going oh, da, da, ba, da, 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 da. it's like they, it can't be a coincidence they must kind of know what they're doing but the big caveat to that is that it's done so fucking well and like if this was a new metal album that was released in you know 2001 it would probably go have gone down as like one of the great albums of that whole movement um so i don't know like it's like they perfected deep fakes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the thing is like, they do genuinely love the art form and like you know they they lean into it enough where like i think they're you know i don't think they're a bunch of people who just don't like new metal and have decided to make a new metal album do you know what i mean like yeah there's there's this phrase called the crisis of influence where it's just like yeah but you you, you love the thing but you want also want to hate them because you want to be better than them you want to take it further on and i just don't feel that sense of crisis of influence as like a kind of creative force within this record i do get that i do get that and 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 i think a lot of it really does come down to you know what bands you grew up with what bands you happen to be into because you know i could everything that i find uninspired about a band like evile i love about tetrarch and the only reason for that is because they completely, they're so earnest about it. They completely tap into what I felt like when I was like 14 years old listening to all those bands and they do it so well. And like, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to destroy my own argument because like, I love a lot of kind of really old school death and black metal bands that just totally, but it, maybe it's, it's a different kind of thing, but you know, it just, it just totally hewed to the original formula, but Maybe because for me, I just find there's something much more potent about that. And that um, that kind of music for me is much more foundational, that you need to have that as a kind of like a North Star from which to guide everything else. So you need bands to go back and do that, do that thing as a North Star so other bands can experiment and still have that, you know, core to where they came from, you know, the umbilical core to where they came from. 
you need yeah. both sides of the argument. But for me, maybe new metal is not quite so such a foundational text as yeah, in the way I, that old school death metal is. It's again because new metal created such clear, distinctive bands and such kind of clear caricatures. Like you can't, you know, you can't do it. If you've got a song that sounds like Corn and a song that sounds like Disturbed and a song like sound like Slipknot, those are such clearly defined bands. They don't even really all sound like each other for the most part. Yeah, but um, but all all scenes at the beginning, you know that you know that's great. Like the old, you know, the old school death metal scene, the, the thrash scene, the new metal scene was that they all had their own sounds. As you know, as I said, and you know that's kind of the thrill. And then they and then you know they 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 tend to be like kind of um you know the next wave it just it, it ten, tends to be just a bit more the same kind of thing and you you get a bit, bit less um personality because they're trying to recreate what was there without without the kind of the thrill of creating something new and also you know Slipknot probably loved a lot of kind of death metal bands and they were listening to a lot of death metal bands that maybe maybe not i don't know tetra maybe not have listened to so if, if your ground zero is new metal but new metal's ground zero wasn't new metal you know what i mean it's just um but isn't that how things evolve and change like there are so many artists who haven't heard the artists before them but those artists heard the artists before them no that's how things go to shit (laughs) (laughs) i think my attitude to that is that it's okay to say that bands have to know the absolute roots of everything they do as long as everyone saying that knows every single thing that's happening right now like because if you're if you're if you're a 20 year old and you're playing guitar the you literally have hundreds times more bands to kind of reference than the people doing that in the first place did if you are diamond row you've got so much more stuff to kind of digest than you know um fucking james hetfield did you just do that you've got you've got 40 more years of stuff to kind of pack in so it's kind of easy to say that whole like oh you have to know you have to respect the genres and stuff but like you know that's a, that's a very wide thing to do now compared to what it was doing 20 30 years ago and also you know young music you know, music fans i don't know if tetra quite fall under this because i don't know how old they all are exactly but you know, young music fans now are hearing everything at all times like you know they're hearing paranoid by black sabbath at the same time that they're hearing rolling by limp biscuit at the same time they're hearing like poppy and they're hearing all these things at once because it's all coming at them at the same time for streaming and that completely rewires the way you engage with music because black sabbath isn't this old thing that was happening there ago it's now it's happening now because it's here it's accessible so it's you know it's a weird it's a weird old time and i don't know if uh, tetrarch are the best bands to hinge that argument on because they have just done a derivative new metal album they've not they've not pushed the boat out um doing all that but you know there was a point in there somewhere <laughs> yeah i mean obviously i'm a bit more old school but i just you know i just kind of worry about things becoming like very relativist where everything means exactly the same as everything else and then nothing means anything so i think that's like, well. like I, said, I i just i just represent one one sort of part of the spectrum and i, and I understand there's other parts of the spectrum i just think we you know we need to have all parts of the spectrum and um and we all need to be engaged with each other I think your critical opinions are really solid and I would probably agree with them more if I hadn't grown up with new metal. It's kind of that point that Mel said about if you love it and if that's your kind of ground zero, like that was how I got into metal, it's going to hit those points where it just makes you feel something. And I think it's really hard to divorce yourself from that into the greater world of criticism 
if that's just how you feel. Yeah, I yeah. think it's it's like basically I think um, we've got one more album that we're quickly going to talk about in a minute as well. But I think this review show has been a really good kind of advert for <laughs> if you like Clash of generations. Well, no, not even that. I was going to say like <laughs> sometimes <laughs> metal. <laughs> sometimes metal is about just like doing what you like really well and if other people like that thing particularly they will like it's it. a bonus <laughs> yeah because you've got cannibal corpse i mean cannibal corpse is a bit different because they kind of helped to define death metal didn't they but you've got cannibal corpse doing cannibal corpse you've got evil doing eat doing just thrash and then you've got tetrarch just doing new metal and where you decide to engage with that is you probably already know so Jonathan if you just... like new metal you will love tetrarch they are fucking great for what they do Jonathan just snuck in a little music journalism joke then and then made himself cry with laughter. <laughs> well, let's get this back on track. Um, on a completely different bed, Jonathan, let's let's spend a couple of minutes talking about Door to Door, who I literally had not heard of. Um, and I listened to this album after Jonathan suggested it, and it's I find it absolutely fascinating. Same. Oh Same. I hadn't heard of them, and now I think I'm going to get obsessed with them. Yeah, I'm completely love it. It's one of my three, uh, one of, probably going to be one of the three favorite records this year out of all the ones I've heard of yet to come out. So um, it's two main guys, Hubber Grammis and Soul Fair. They used to be in Nagura Bunjit, a Romanian black metal band, created the greatest black metal record of the noughties of, of this decade so far, as far as I'm concerned, called Om Om. Uh, they split into two different factions. One kept the name, uh, the uh, Hubba Grimace was a founding member of um, Negru Bunja along with um, Negru. Uh, Negru, they, they, they had a massive falling out, completely irrevocable. Spins two bands. Negru kept the name Negru Bunja. Um, Hubba Grimace, uh went on to form Door to Door. And they kind of came back, they kind of came out at the same time, uh, which has been about, which would have been 2010. Um, Just to quickly say, Jonathan, we should probably spell Door to Door because I could definitely see yeah. a lot of people. Sorry, D E D O R D E D U H. There's a there's a there's a special meaning to the name, but also like with a lot of Nagura Bunja albums, uh, titles, and um, uh, the the first the first door to door album is called Da De De, and then this one's called Ha. So there's a lot of kind of emphasis on the and there's a Nagura Bunja album called Om. So there's a lot of emphasis on the phonetics. But anyway, this is a this is their first album. They put out the first album nine years ago. Not, I didn't hear anything from them. I'd occasionally bump into Hippogramus uh, or Edmund because uh, he was doing um doing um uh, sound teching for bands. And um, so when's it, when's the next Door to Door album coming out? Oh, we'll get there. I've got family and stuff. And he came in and did this, and it's just um so it's got elements of Nagura Bunja in it, in the sense that it's got this humongous cinematic scope. On top of which, like with with Nagura Bunja and with with Door to Door as well too, they were using like ancient traditional instruments, like long before you know before before your Vodrunas and your Highlands, they were using um sort of hammered dulcimers, not not that ancient, but like hammered wooden blocks, uh, lots of lots of really strange like wind instruments, and they created this beautiful scintillating music and it, they just got more and more progressive like until up to the point of Om, which is just an absolute glorious record. And then they split into two bands and like, so the, the first, the, the, the first Door to Door album, Door to Door, was kind of very progressive, so it had lots of black metal elements in it. They've dropped a lot of the black metal elements in, in this, like a lot of the growling, there's one song that's got a 
bit of a black metal rush to it but they've gone like really full progressive and oh my god it's just so beautiful and it's so full of wonder and it's kind of like the East Trip, and it's so Romanian sounding. They're from Trans, you know, it's from Transylvania, Timisoara, I think. So Greater Transylvania, and it really gets this kind of mysticism in without without overcooking it. And so there's just so much awe and wonder, and so many beautifully catchy, open-ended, open-air moments. A lot of incredible sort of rhythms and grooves. They're just like they're just like a flower opening up, and it's just um, it's just 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 such a wonderful, expressive, cinematic, majestic record. It's like total blue skies thinking with again with um a real sense of its own culture and history, and really in the moment and really in the present now, and just being lost in just wonder. I'm just lost in wonder at this record. I find it quite so moving. much going on in it. I find it quite moving as well and um, it's one of those ones where you have to sit down and I always want to understand things and pick things apart and see what they are and get down to details and can be quite binary about things whereas Jonathan you're more fluid about things and this is definitely one of those more fluid records where I listened to it and thought I just need to sort of let it come to me and go into me and go into my ears and my brain and just kind of enjoy it. But having said that, I did want to try and pick it apart a little bit because that seems to be my natural instinct. So I went online and they've got a lyric video for their first song and they made some really interesting comments and they said that they are providing translations for their lyrics for the first time and that they're going to put translations up of their new songs on their website soon. And um, I thought it was quite interesting because they were talking about how it was quite challenging to make them work and convey the meaning so it wouldn't get lost in translation because in the Romanian language they have this poetic aspect that's really difficult to convey. And you can hear that in the music already without knowing about the lyrics, but um, I found that really interesting just in terms of metal bands and metal bands from other countries and who chooses to sing in English and who chooses to sing in their native language and how when people do sing in English and not their native language, there is usually something lost or compromised or the songs are written differently to accommodate it um and it's always fascinating to see kind of which band chooses which approach and how that plays into them as a whole um so i thought it was really interesting that they sing in romanian but beyond the music they obviously do feel like they sort of want to provide translations for people and kind of want to give people another way in and i watched the lyric video for the song descent and it was still really complex and I still thought oh I probably still need to stop deconstructing this and just try and understand it on another level because it's still really hard to work out yeah but a, a lot a lot of the um stuff they did in in Nagura Banja and I'm sure uh the stuff he's, he's done in um uh Dorda as well too was kind of written to kind of mimic natural cycles there's there's a lot there's a lot of Romanian mythology in the in the music uh, and folklore, and a lot of Romanian folklore is about kind of portals to others to other realms. To you know, they open at a certain time. So there's a lot there's a lot of Romanian mythology about that, and and this does it just it does feel like your your eye you, it's like you, your third eye is being opened to this other kind of realm, but it's, but from a really human perspective. You know, it's not like I said. It's, it's there's mysticism, but it's it's not it's not wafty mysticism. It's it's really kind of buttoned down in the grooves and the way the songs unfurl and unfold, and um, yeah, it's glorious. The name is actually about uniting the soul and the spirit. Something something yeah. around that, which is quite again difficult to translate, and that does make sense. 
There yeah. you go. It doesn't get more higher praise than that. Um, spell spell the name one more time, Jonathan. D O R D E D U H, and that's out on on May the fourteenth as well too. We didn't spell awesome. Tetrarch, and that's quite hard. Yeah, good point. If you want to go see Tetrarch, T E T A R C H. I feel I feel like that's a little bit. Um, I don't think you spelled that right. I think you missed out on R. No. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you spelled Tetrarch. T E T R A R C H. Oh yeah, I did. Fuck. Oh you my failed God. the Metal Hammer spelling bee. No prizes for you. It's okay. Don't worry. I don't have to write for a living or anything. Um, that will do for this week I think a load of great albums that are either out now or out very imminently Cannibal Corpse with Violence Unimagined Evil Hell Unleashed Grave Miasma Abyss of Wrathful Deities uh, Tetrarch as well uh, and Daughter also um, I mean that just yeah covers. the album's called Har H-A-R right, that's a bit easier um, <laughs> if you don't like at least one of those we do listen to this podcast. Um, thanks very much for joining us. As always, we'll be back next week. Stay safe, everybody. And uh, yeah, be good to yourselves. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.